The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Now there's a small lobby agitating against the introduction of hate crime legislation by the government, encouraged by the goading of Elon Musk on Twitter, who's trying to portray its introduction as some kind of assault on freedom of speech. As it happens, there has been a major survey released today, and we're joined by one of the academics behind it, Professor Amanda Haynes, who is the co-author with Professor Jennifer Schwepp of Public Understandings of Hate Crime in Ireland, North and South. Amanda, thank you very much for joining us. You're very welcome. Can you just, first of all, just clarify, please, for the listeners, what exactly constitutes hate crime? So when we are discussing hate crime, internationally, we're talking about a crime that is already on the statute books. So it's something that already exists as a crime, but it has an additional hate element. And that can mean, depending on how the country has legislated against it, that the crime was motivated by hate, that it demonstrated hate, or alternatively, that the victim was chosen because of the group that they're from. And then hate can be defined in a variety of different ways. That's what I was just about to ask you about, because clearly this is an aggravation, but how do you actually define hate? Uh, Again, this is a choice. Uh, It should be an evidence-informed choice. Um, For example, in the the north of Ireland now, they're currently going through a a legislative reform process that has unfortunately been delayed. And the recommendation there um, discusses changing the definition of hate to make it uh, inclusive of prejudice, of bias, of hostility and of contempt. Um, In other countries, it may be defined, for example, as ill will and malice. In the draft Irish legislation, it's hatred that is used and hatred is defined as hatred. That's for the Republic. But I think maybe a lot of people in the Republic would actually be surprised to know is that there has been hate crime legislation in the North for how long? Um, The last... order that relates to this is from 2004, so that's quite a long time that the hate crime legislation there has been in existence and has been bedded down. Has it been used often? Um, In the north of Ireland, um, it it hasn't um, been used very often. Um, However, I think that um, that is one of the reasons why Judge Desmond Marinan in the north was asked to lead a law reform process uh, in order to ensure that the legislation would be uh, fit for purpose. And I think that one of the things that it demonstrates as well is that simply having legislation in place, any legislation, is not sufficient. It must be good legislation. And legislation that is supported by a scaffolding of additional measures, which includes public awareness, as well as training for criminal justice professionals. And it needs to be monitored for its effectiveness. Now tell us a little bit about the findings of the survey, because you conducted it with a thousand respondents in the Republic and a thousand in Northern Ireland. So tell us a little bit about what you found. That's correct. So uh, myself, Professor Schwepp from the uh, European Centre for the Study of Hate, Ross McMillan from the Department of Sociology in UL, and Kevin Brown from Queen's University Belfast coordinated on this survey. A thousand people in the Republic of Ireland, a thousand people in the North, and waited to ensure that it was representative of the general public. And what we found is that people in both jurisdictions understand hate crime to be a serious issue in their jurisdiction. They believe it to be an issue that is increasing. And they are also, um, they are very in favour of approaches to addressing this, which are inclusive of a wide range of protected identity groups or commonly targeted identity groups. 
Um, we also find that it, there is quite a degree of misunderstanding and misinformation around the criminal justice measures that are already in place, not only in the Republic, but also in the north of Ireland. And I suppose that's particularly of concern given the length of time that the legislation has had to bed down there. Tell me a little bit about what you would call identity groups. Give us examples, please. So the the groups that we have listed for the respondents to discuss in respect to their sentiments about those groups and about the level of hate crime those groups are, are perceived to be encountering and about whether they should be protected include, for example, transgender people, black people, um, gay, lesbian and bisexual people, Muslim people, travellers, older people, disabled people, Jewish people, people um, from different political be- belief groups and also people from different community backgrounds, which in the north of Ireland refers to Republican nationalist and uh, loyalist um, backgrounds, loyalist unionist backgrounds. And have you found that a majority believe that these groups require this additional protection of hate crime legislation? Yes, the, the, the public in both Ireland and Northern Ireland are very much aware of hate crime as an issue which these particular minority groups uh, face. And they are very much in favour of an occlu- inclusive approach to addressing this problem uh, where it is addressed through the law. And so, for example, we find that even though um, we can see in our data, for example, um, higher levels of social distance from groups like the traveller community in Ireland, people are still very much in favour of that group being included among the protected categories in any hate crime legislation. In the same way with the the transgender community, in actual fact, we find that on average, uh, the population in both the Republic of Ireland and in Northern Ireland, despite divisive uh, speech that we might hear, are very much um, comfortable with trans people within the community. And again, they feel that they should be included in legislation addressing hate crime. Two of your findings really jumped out at me, Amanda. One, that 30% say that Ongarda Shikona responds to hate crime effectively. Just 30%, which would imply a lot believe that it doesn't. And also 22% believe that the courts respond to hate crimes effectively. Again, implying that the vast majority believe that they don't. Just tease those out a little bit for me, please. So those figures are very interesting uh, and I think that it certainly shows that there is a sense in the Republic that we need to do more to address the issue of hate crime. I think it's also important to note that the majority of people do not believe that addressing hate crime through the law is going to mean um, uh, negative implications for freedom of expression. They don't see it as uh, impressing negatively upon uh, freedom of expression. At the same time, I think that the public are very wise in terms of their expectations around hate crime legislation. They believe that it has an important symbolic value in terms of marking out hate crime as something that is unacceptable to society. At the same time, I think they're very measured in terms of their expectations for it in actually preventing hate crime. Um, And so I think that this speaks to an understanding that we can't address a a social problem like this only through legislation. We need good legislation. 
we need a range of supportive measures that will ensure that that legislation is effective. But there's also so many things that we need to do in our society and in our communities around awareness, around education, around bridge building, around supports, not only for victims, but also for people who may become involved in these types of acts as well. Yeah, because it's interesting to see that nearly 60% believe a suspect can be charged with a hate crime in Ireland, when clearly, with no laws in place, that can't be the case. No, and it's very interesting, um, even I think, to, to talk to and my own students in the universities about their understanding around hate crime. And I think transnationally, the language of hate crime is is so familiar to us. And we're so familiar with the idea of hate crimes being addressed through the courts and um, that we are often not aware that in an Irish context, we are still awaiting legislation in that regard. And one final one, I mentioned Elon Musk in my introduction, uh, but what about his involvement in opposing the proposed Irish legislation? What concerns would you have in relation to misinformation that he is trying to imply that this is merely an attempt to sabotage or undermine free speech? Well, I think, first of all, a statement like that conflates hate crime and hate speech. Uh, what we are, what this report specifically looks at is the public's understanding of hate crime, which are, as I mentioned earlier, they are already crimes on our statute book. And we're simply looking at addressing the di- additional harms of hate, which the public in Ireland are very much aware of. We see that the vast majority of people appreciate that there are additional emotional and psychological harms associated with hate crime and also that hate crimes spread fear and isolation among minority communities. I think that the important thing is also that when we um, legislate against hate crime and when we address it, we also take into account um, the public's response to labelling an individual as a hate crime offender, which our legislation also speaks to. And we can see that the label of criminal offender is associated with the stigma the label of hate crime offender is associated with an additional stigma above and beyond that. Um, So I would say that in terms of the general public, um, that there is a belief that punishing hate crimes more severely will impact positively on the levels of hate crime in terms of reducing them, um, but also the data that we have from the public about how they would feel about somebody with a label of being a hate crime offender, being a neighbour or being a potential employee also shows that we need to use that labelling very, very cautiously and carefully because it will impact and it will have an impact um, upon individuals' lives. Um, so we, we need to be very careful that we're engaging in fair labelling uh, and I think that that should be the aim of good legislation. Well, just one final point, Professor Amanda Haynes, in relation to this. Is there really a need in relation to hate speech being introduced as well, given that we already have a prohib- prohibition of Incite to Hatred Act from 1989? Um, We do have that legislation in place. Um, I would note, for example, that even in terms of the range of protected categories that are included in that legislation, um, they are are quite limited. Um, And certainly that is something that needs to be addressed. Uh, I think that individuals who would argue for a change to the legislation around incitement to hatred would cite the fact that it is infrequently used and I think has 
probably been interpreted in quite a restrictive way up until now. Professor Amanda Haynes, co-author of the study Public Understandings of Hate Crime, Ireland, North and South. Thank you for being with us here on The Last Word at JFM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.